The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Good, everybody. I am RJ Ochoa. He is Rob Statsborough. This is the look ahead. Nobody says what is good like S-T-A-T-S. He is a palindrome in more ways than one. Stats, how goes it? Happy Friday. What other way could you be a palindrome other than the actual way? I'm not a palindrome. RJ, I mean, so, you know, that's all I'm saying. Like, I'm just jealous. Like, I'm just now um like projecting my jealousy on you that you're a palindrome that i'm not i really like palindromes in general um i like them more numerically than i do uh from a like word standpoint but had you ever realized that stats is a palindrome i feel like you hadn't i have uh and i also realized we are off the rails 45 seconds into the show (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be one of those days. Stats and I have a lot going on. Uh, if you know, this is I'm clearly right now is as I'm in the driver's seat, like I'm taking us wherever we need to go right now. Stats is in the passenger seat. He's reclined. He's sitting back. He has one of those neck pillows around himself. He said, just wake me up when we get there. I'll let you know if I have to pee on the drive. Um, <laughs> I might get us a couple of drinks inside the gas station. We are continuing our dissection of the NFL by division here on the SB Nation NFL show. Make sure you subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. Follow it wherever you access your podcast. Leave a rating, write a review, or else stats will be sad. And then stats will be really upset with his family. And you don't want to upset stats' family. They're good people. As I understand it, Rob, we have a new review that you would like to read. Yes, this comes from Link Chu who says, because they've been begging for a review and promising an answer to any question, I'm finally giving a review. His question is, why is everyone acting like Josh Allen is a top five quarterback? He's been compared to Mahomes and Rodgers, but the guy has only had one good season. Also, is it possible Mahomes is somehow underrated or is it just that his greatness is not easy to dissect and talk about? Thanks for what you guys do. Love the quick daily highlights in the morning. Yeah. Keep up the Mm. great work. And then, see, this is the thing I don't like, RJ. P.S. I was with you, like right up until the end here, Link to, And then they say, nobody cares about friends anymore. Oh, that hurts. I would disagree. In fact, I saw David Schwimmer, who is uh, maybe not my palindrome, but my mirror. uh, We look alike. Um, I saw him share on Instagram that the Friends reunion was nominated for several Emmys. So, hey back off um but it sounds like stats this reviewer yeah i love steven serta really enjoyed having him on the look ahead last week but the, the you know the con to having him around is he's brought more chiefs fans right like Pete Sweeney has already brought enough 
Uh, and so Steven has brought several more Chiefs fans. And so this idea that Patrick Mahomes is underrated, that might be the most laughable part of the review. Not that the review is laughable. We certainly appreciate the time and energy. But if anything, and we've talked about this several times, Patrick Mahomes is overrated because people, you actually uh, enlightened me to this. People make everything that he does out to be legendary. He's already the best quarterback in the NFL. We don't have to over-exaggerate all those qualities. I think a good example of that is uh, after the wild card round when he said that he was taking notes on the Cleveland Browns because they might have played them, which they ultimately did. And everybody's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this guy is preparing for a future opponent. So yeah, that's my take. Patrick Mahomes is not underrated. He's properly rated. He is fantastic. There's nothing wrong with that, but we don't have to dive in. You know, some things are easy. Some decisions are easy. Patrick Mahomes, properly rated. He's fantastic. His other question, why is Josh Allen being treated like a top five quarterback? Because that's what he played like last year. He was incredible. And, you know, I understand if some people are like, hey, I like to see it for more than one year. That's fair. That's a fair take. But if you're just grading where these guys are as of now, you have to put Josh Allen in the top five to me. Yeah, I I don't know anyone who has ever compared Josh Allen to Patrick Mahomes. What I do think that people do, and I could see this upsetting Chiefs fans like Pete Sweeney, is they talk about Josh Allen's arm strength and how that is similar to Patrick Mahomes. That's fair. Like if you're talking about like they're just having a throwing contest, I think that Josh Allen can measure up. But obviously Patrick Mahomes does a lot of things that only he can do. That's fair. And there's nothing like people get all bent out of shape, right? Patrick Mahomes has to have the best arm because he's the best quarterback. <laughs> no, he might have the second best arm because he's also playing in the league with another fantastic generational arm strength guy. Maybe uh, you think that one of those guys is the quarterback, not of the AFC West, but the NFC West. We have been very excited to do this specific division, um, you know, because Stats is an NFC West homer. Let's be honest about that. Uh, Stats loves the NFC West. It's the best division in the NFL. has the best teams in the NFL. All the quarterbacks in it are super great and super awesome. All the coaches are handsome and good looking. They all <laughs> appear on Flying Coach, on the ringer, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but Stats, you went through the NFC North on Wednesday. On, I think. I don't know. Do you guys still do the oddcast? Is that, is that a thing? Yeah. We, do we still do the mm. oddcast? Yes, we still do. Well, I Boy, mean, you're a you huge know. fan. I, I just I wouldn't know. So, I mean, I'm glad to hear. Happy for you and, uh, and BLG. Um, but anyway, uh, today the NFC West is on the menu. In case you forgot, in case you're an ooh around here, uh, we roll through this very simply. We go quarterback, running back, tight end, three wide receivers. Shout out, of course, to 11 personnel. We fill out an entire offensive line. Then we have to take a break and pay the bills, which is what we'll do here today. Uh, we've got two edge rushers, two tackles inside, two linebackers, three corners. Shout out, of course, to nickel coverage and two safeties we'll, we'll do a kicker if we have time maybe we won't maybe that's the true kicker um stats do you want to start on offense or defense we can mix it up it's our show we can do whatever we want now nah, let's start on offense that's where the money gets made that's where the you know all the attraction is and this is one of the easiest decisions i had rj because if you have anybody other than russell wilson you're just wrong and i know he struggled in the second half of last season i don't care he's basically a modern day steve young he's the perfect combination of mobile quarterback who can still get the ball downfield. He runs when he needs to, but he's deadly accurate. He's throwing those damn moon balls to DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. He, to me, is exactly what everybody hopes their mobile quarterback turns into. 
I also would say on top of everything you just said that I agree with up until recently, he was also the ideal quarterback off of the field for if you were a Seattle Seahawks fan, right? Like something I love about Dak Prescott, for example, is like any opportunity he gets, he loves being a cowboy. He wears a cowboy hat when he enters the building. Like it just, it makes the fandom within you burn stronger. And I realize Russell Wilson kind of peed on that a little bit this off season. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, look, I know People are ridiculously excited about Matthew Stafford. I know there are some within the SB Nation NFL universe that are overly excited about Trey Lance. I know that Kyler Murray is very good. I think that Kyler Murray might be the overrated, the most overrated division or quarterback in this division, even though Matthew Stafford is insanely overrated. Um, but um, either way, yeah, Russell Wilson. I think I really like that pick. I don't even think we need to continue the discussion. It's Russell Wilson, and it's not that close. Uh, let's go to running back now, RJ. What? Who did you have? Because this was a lot closer for me than I realized. So um, running backs don't matter, first of all. And I also think this is an interesting exercise if we choose who the head coach in this division is. Um, It's Sean McVay. But if it were Kyle Shanahan, then running backs really would not matter. Um, I went with Cam Akers. And I'm not like married to that. If if you felt strongly one way or another, um, I I could be swayed. Um, I know this, this is maybe the division where like the net average across all running backs is maybe the highest uh, just because there are so many different options. But I think Cam Akers just stands out a little bit more. I think he's he's had the highest point of success that I feel most comfortable with. Akers came on really strong at the end of last year, 119 yards per game in his last six, including the playoffs with four touchdowns. And here's the thing about Akers. He's going to get opportunities. Under Sean McVay, the Rams have averaged 20 rushing touchdowns a year. Now, a lot of that, I guess, is probably due to Todd Gurley. But I think Akers really came into his own last year. He's going to get the chance to be basically Todd Gurley 2.0 for them. Allow me to stump for Chris Carson a little. Nine touchdowns each of the last three years. That's fantastic. He averages 93 total yards over the last three years. I disagree with how Pete Carroll uses him sometimes. But I think Chris Carson is as good as any running back in the division. Mm, yeah, that's fair, but we're not doing guys that are as good as everybody. Back. We're <laughs> talking about who we would rather have. Um, and I do think that Cam Akers is that guy. Um, I also think I, not, I wouldn't pick him, but if we're going specifically off of PFF grades, which is a loose you know, methodology, to be fair, the highest ranked running back in the AFC West was neither of these player stats. Who do you think it was? The NFC West. The NFC West, goodness gracious. It doesn't matter. It's all the same. No, this is If it's not the NFC East, it really doesn't matter. Kenyon Drake? It was not Kenyon Drake. It was Daryl Henderson. Really? I never would have guessed that. Yeah, he was, again, these are offensive grades by PFF. So, again, kind of, again, not a perfect science, uh, but he was the 11th ranked running back in the NFL last year. But for full perspective, Alexander Madison from Minnesota was ranked number nine, uh, and Latavius Murray from New Orleans was ranked number eight. So, again, you have to you know, kind of take it out with a grain of salt. But Chris Carson was ranked 16th behind Rex Burkhead, by the way. So, again, not a perfect science. But so, yeah, Cam Akers, I think. And, I mean, Cam Akers figures to be the most – like, if there's, like, an RB1 in the division, it's Cam Akers. No disrespect to Daryl Henderson. Yeah, I would agree that Akers gets the nod over Henderson. All right, I'll, I can be swayed to Akers. That's okay. fine. Uh, let's move to tight end because, similarly to quarterback, this is super easy. Um, I don't know how – like. People talk so much about, like, I'd rather have this tight end, this tight end. There are two tight ends you want in the NFL. Trav- I don't know what Travis's last name is anymore, but <laughs> uh, but him uh, out in Kansas City and George Kittle. And George Kittle, to me, is similar to what I talked about Russell Wilson 
in terms of his his previous persona off of the field because we all know who he is on the field but like that bleeds into who he is on the field he's like I'm not a wrestling fan or anything. I didn't grow up loving wrestling, but I love how into it George Kittle is. I love that he has this kind of, you know, persona that he like develops into when he's on the field. I love the story about him and his dad and the letters, like everything about George Kittle checks a box of awesomeness for me. Uh, George Kittle is the tight end for this team. And if you disagree, I actually am upset with you. But the thing about Kittle that I like is all that stuff seems authentic. It doesn't seem contrived. Sometimes with Russell Wilson, I feel like it's kind of contrived. With Kittle, it all seems genuine, which makes me like him even more. This was an easy decision for a couple of reasons. One, Kittle is awesome. Even if you include incompletions last year, RJ, he averaged 10.1 yards per pass, including incompletions. That is incredible. But also, the rest of the tight ends in the division... Who are these guys? It is a it is a garbage collection of people at one position. It's Kittle by a mile. And I actually owe George Kittle a little bit of an apology because I have been saying that he needs to score more touchdowns, which I believe he does. But I dove into Warren Sharp's season preview yesterday. And if you haven't gotten the chance to do it, I highly recommend it. You will be a smarter fan. Do you know how many red zone targets George Kittle had last year? Keep in mind, he played in eight games. How many red zone targets do you think he had? 17. Four. Wow. One red zone target every other game for George Kittle. That's all he had. (laughs) That was the second fewest on the team. Kyle Juszczyk, the fullback, had nine. Had more than twice as many red zone targets as George Kittle. I know that's because he played more games. But what the hell's going on in San Francisco? So... What I love about this is this offers you another avenue to hate Jimmy Garoppolo um, (laughs) (laughs) because it's truly his fault. I mean, yeah, like that sucks. I mean, but um, I I don't know. I'd be interested in some more data there, but you're right. Like that does, that does, you know, I think, you know, get you off George Kittle's back, which is something I'm a fan of. I did want to say on your point of authenticity, because he does have this persona that is really, um, really common, I think, for athletes, right? Like loud and boisterous and loves res. Like, but you're right. Like, that does feel fake with a lot of people. It doesn't feel that way with George Kittle. He just genuinely seems super happy to be there, to be around. I saw him at a Super Bowl party two years ago in Miami, and he was just like lighting up the room. Like, he was just super, like, he was just a really great person. And so I love this pick, but I did want to ask you this totally random question Who was the last Cardinals tight end that you could just like remember? You know what I mean? Like the last, even like, I'll put it in the perspective of like the last fantasy relevant Arizona Cardinals tight end. This is sad. Like when you just, when you say Arizona Cardinals tight end, I actually, the first person I think of is Jackie Smith. Who right. was a Hall of Fame tight end for the Cardinals in, in you know, We don't mention that ago. name in the Cowboys universe, by the yes, way. Yes, I For know. obvious reasons. The uh, sickest man in America. One of the most famous drops in Super Bowl history by Jackie Smith. But, I mean, you're right. Like, in terms of, like, a legacy position for the Cardinals, I can't even I can't even think of a single one. Is that crazy? Can you, I can only, like, off the top of my head, name uh, one tight end that, like, th- that came to mind that, that just even played for the, the Cardinals. Like, I, I'm just talking about, like, literally just played for them. Like, I'm not saying was awesome or was amazing, but just at one point in time wore a uniform and played tight end for the Cardinals. I can really only think of one name. Who? Jermaine Gresham. That's the oh, only yeah, one. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I I, th- I find that astounding. Like, there's not another position with another team like that to me that I, I there's just like so non-existent in NFL history, at least in my mind. 
Yeah, even teams that don't necessarily have good tight ends, I could still think of somebody like Kyle Brady for the Jets was not a great tight end, but it easily comes to mind. But right. yeah, it's it's a ghost town for Arizona. It's pretty it's pretty pathetic. George Kittle, congratulations, you are the NFC West tight end. Wide receivers time stats. Um, do you want to do you want to just pick one? Do you want to name two? Do you want to name your three? Because I think I have the right answer for all three. This one choice was easy, but the rest of it, like this, was a battle royale. Um, DeAndre Hopkins for me, number one. Uh, I don't know that anybody could really disagree with it. He's got over 4,100 yards the last three years in the league. That's 300 yards better than anybody else. So he is lapping the field in terms of in terms of yards. Also, 334 catches in that time. He had 115 catches last year. First year in a new system. First year facing all those defenses. He, the guy's a machine. He's incredible. So this is the only one that was easy for you? Just making sure here? For wide receivers, yes. See, like, I mean, all due respect, like, I'm not trying to say DeAndre Hopkins was not an easy choice, but DK Metcalf, those are the two easiest decisions here. I think they were honestly easier decisions. I was going to say than George Kittle, but I only was going to say that to upset you because it wouldn't have been true. Uh, but, I mean, DeAndre's awesome. I, I do think that I'm interested to see DeAndre's second season in Arizona. Just I'm interested to see the Cardinals in a lot of ways this season. Um, I, I do think it's, you know, awesome that I think it's hard to do what DeAndre Hopkins did last year and be successful in your first year with a new team, especially when people have all these expectations from you, but you're right. Uh, improved in every sense. I had more receptions than the year prior, obviously had more yards, almost a career high uh, touchdowns were lacking, but that's just, that's kind of dependent on a number of factors. Did have the touchdown that everybody remembers, obviously, uh, but DK Metcalf, dude, how can you ignore it? That's, that's a shame. That's really a shame. Sorry, DK, that stats did this to you. Well, he's on the list. It's not like I left him off. I mean, but he is amazing. Like he's DeAndre Hopkins's career puts him on a different like or in a different echelon. But DK is just as dominant within the division. I think like they're clearly the two best. Like maybe maybe there's a small gap between DeAndre and DK that DK will close in on, like he did incidentally in Arizona last year. Uh, but you know. They're the top two dudes. Then the conversation opens up. DK might be the most physically freakish wide receiver in the NFL. I agree with you. And I actually think that DK and Russell Wilson are the best quarterback wide receiver pair in terms of complementary skills. Like DK Metcalf's best skill is running deep down the field, going up, using his body and his crazy freakish athleticism to jump and get the ball and come down with it and score touchdowns. And Russell Wilson's maybe not his best, but one of the things he's amazing at is throwing the deep ball. So it's like a perfect marriage there between what the quarterback does well and what the receiver does well. And just in case people forgot, like DK Metcalf, the first half of the season last year, first eight games, 43 catches, 788 yards, eight touchdowns. He was on pace for a mega season and then Pete Carroll puckered up. The Seahawks turtled. The offense went into a shell, and he only went for 40 catches, 515 yards, and two touchdowns the rest of the year. When they're used properly, DK is a wrecking ball. I agree with that. Uh, I think that's well said. I also think DK is doing a I don't say a service, but he is one of the best wide receivers to wear number 14 that I've ever seen. He might be the best number 14 in terms of wide receivers ever it's a rare number and and the cool thing about dk2 is that coming out of Ole miss everybody thought like oh just just like a one-trick pony he's just like a super freak athlete like he it won't translate to the nfl it's really cool to see it translate to the nfl and that people were wrong on that 
I never saw more people worried about a three cone drill than when DK Metcalf was at the combine. Mm-hmm. He had a, a low or a high, whatever, a bad three cone drill. And everybody was like, oh, you can't draft him. Turns out when you're at six, three and you run a four, three, three, like there's a place for you in the NFL. Congratulations to DK Metcalf. So we have one wide receiver left stats. I debated between two names. Who do you think they were? I think you debated between Cooper Cup and Tyler Lockett. Look at me. I'm stats. I know everything. I'm super smart. I'm wearing my glasses today and nobody can see them. But still, <laughs> um, yeah. And ultimately, I sided with Tyler Lockett. I love Cooper Cup, but and I, I don't mean this as a slight against Cooper Cup, but I don't know that Cooper would be the same wide receiver in a non-Sean McVay offense, where Tyler Lockett, I totally believe, would be just as dynamic elsewhere. In fact, he might be inhibited by the offense that he's in, to your point about Pete Carroll puckering up. I agree. I, the thing I like about Lockett is that even when Pete does pucker, he can still produce because he's not just, you know, dependent on the deep ball that maybe they don't want to throw if uh, Pete Carroll's worried about turnovers. He had just as many touchdowns as DK Metcalf last year. Only wide receiver in the league. The two teammates both had 10 plus touchdowns. And I think that he's even going to get more carries on the ground with the new offensive coordinator there, Shane Waldron from the Rams, who kind of used Robert Woods like on the ground, sort of like a a Debo Samuel type of thing. I think if anybody gets those carries, it's going to be Tyler Lockett. And so I think the arrow is pointing up. And, and you're right. Cooper Cup is really good. He's a very good player. Uh, the Rams offense is very good. But I like your point about him being more scheme dependent than Tyler Lockett. So I give Lockett the slight edge over Cooper Cup and Robert Woods. Yeah, I think you're a genius. Again, shout out to your glasses. Um, <laughs> do, do your ears feel like the weight of them when you wear them? I hate wearing glasses with headphones, but yeah. uh just peek behind the curtain. I'm not feeling 100% today. That's how you could tell. If I don't have the contact lenses in, that's how you know I'm sick. I think people could tell already with your super sexy, yeah, yeah, Tyler Lockett, yeah. Uh, but um, I also think that Tyler Lockett is, is, I mean, I think we all think this, but he's kind of slept on just generally. Uh, you mentioned the 10 touchdowns this past season. He has had at least eight touchdowns in all three of the last three seasons. In fact, he had 10 touchdowns in 2018, then dipped to eight in 19 and then 10 last year. He's had almost three straight thousand yard seasons. I mean, he fell 35 yards shy in 2018. And that was really, that was a season where, again, all these seasons have been years where he's been trapped by Pete Carroll. But the fact that his production didn't dip off with DK Metcalf's ascension, I do think that we see that sometimes, like there's a a rise and a fall. Uh, But that didn't happen. He is just such a unique player and a unique wide receiver. He's also a poet. Did you know that about Tyler Lockett? I did not. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we, we want to have him around for the culture. Like, he's very, very good for our locker room. Uh, so, shout out to Tyler Lockett. Uh, the offensive line stats, I, I left this part of the exercise specifically, not specifically, but mostly to you, uh, because this is the division that you like to pound the chest about and say, like, we're the best. Well, you better have the best collection of offensive linemen. Well, how about we start with the best left tackle in the league in Trent Williams? You okay with uh, that? Are you okay with that? Is that good enough for you? I mean – I don't disagree that he is among the best. I think that that is probably the position that has the most rotation of like so-and-so is the best in the league. Like it, like it, it rotates almost on a weekly basis or like bi-weekly basis, et cetera. But he's in, he's in that, you know, group that is in that neighborhood, obviously. But David yeah, he makes it. David Bakhtiari is up there, or as Chris Sims used to say, David Bakhtiari. I don't know why he would say it like that, but he always did. It always made us laugh. But Trent Williams is clearly the best left tackle in this division, and it is not very close. Left guard is a newcomer. Actually, there's two newcomers on the offensive line, and both came from the Raiders. Gabe Jackson, 
Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Come on down. You get one of the guard spots. You come over to Seattle from the Raiders, who apparently just decided to trade off their entire offensive line this offseason. If, if, if anybody hates their quarterback, it's the Raiders. So that makes sense. Yeah. Could John Gruden do anything else to Derek Carr at this point? Like, what is left? They're, they're next door neighbors. Maybe he could, like, TP his house or something. Or maybe he just moves. Like, maybe because maybe he's so sick of everybody, like, you know, <laughs> noting that they're neighbors. He's like, I can't be connected to you anymore. Rodney Hudson, also from the Raiders, is now with Arizona. Congratulations. You are the center, multiple-time Pro Bowler, and he's only missed four games the last eight years. If there's one thing I love about offensive linemen, it's dudes that actually stay on the damn field. Yeah, I mean, I do find it interesting that so far, uh, what is at least of in totality, 40% of the offensive line are new players. I think that that's an underrated element to making the NFC West even better is that there is this infusion in the trenches because there's already been all this skill in a lot of different places. And, I mean, if you play in the NFC West, you do have to beef up your offensive line because you do have so many stout defensive linemen in everywhere, every team. And all a lot words of, are hard. The focus in the <laughs> for a lot of the teams in the NFC West is actually running the ball. Sean McVay likes to run it. Obviously, Kyle Shanahan does. And we know Pete Carroll would never, ever throw a pass if he could. Uh, so you got to beef up the offensive line. Right guard is is tough. There wasn't like a standout player. It's easily the weakest position. I went with Lake and Tomlinson from the 49ers, but I don't love it. He's allowed three sacks in each of the last three years, which isn't great, but he's PFF 17th rated guard in the entire league. And he's one of the only 49ers that always stays healthy. So I think he does benefit from being in Kyle Shanahan's system a little bit, which Joe Thomas kind of said um, it can hide offensive linemen slightly because you don't necessarily have to block one guy for like three seconds you kind of just quickly move at, through the different levels of the defense so you don't have to necessarily be the best offensive lineman, but the competition wasn't great, so I gave the edge to Lakin Tomlinson. Congratulations to Lakin. Big deal for him. I know, I'm a homer. And then right tackle, pretty easy, Dwayne Brown. He's not the Dwayne Brown he was with the Texans, but that's okay because when you're that damn good, even if you fall off a little bit, you're still good. 87.8 grade from PFF last year. That's top five in the NFL. Like I said, he's not what he was but he's easily the best right tackle in the division. Yeah, I think ultimately it's better than I realized. And I think that that's why this is such a fun exercise because we kind of forget where players kind of overall are within their division or what players are and kind of where they stand. And you kind of forget like, oh, Gabe Jackson now in the NFC West. Like you totally, you know, this is a nice sort of reset of an exercise. So really congratulations to us for doing this. This is great content that we're putting out right now. Yeah, I mean, what else is new? Um, I do. I mean, in terms of offenses, RJ, I haven't gone through every single other division yet, but I would feel comfortable going into the lineup with this offense against anybody. Well, it's because they have Russell Wilson, who's one of the best quarterbacks in the world. We need to say that several times because I know that you love to hear it. I have I have told Russell Wilson to his face that I hate his guts, but he is one of the best quarterbacks in the world. Did you see uh, he did an interview with Kevin Clark of The Ringer this week that he is a big fan of Yellowstone? The show on, I think it's on Paramount, the channel, not the not the service. I thought you were like, he really likes the <laughs> National Park. No, he he likes the show. I don't know if you've ever seen the show. I've but never even heard of the show, but congratulations, show, Russell. Uh, it's, it's really popular. I've only seen a couple episodes, so I'm not like a Yellowstone super fan. My parents are, um, but it's um, it's got Kevin Costner. I think he directs it. And he's like a he's like a cowboy out in Montana, and there's there's all these fights for property and cattle, you know, just invigorating stuff. Here's the thing with the streaming services, oh, right? It's no. like a buffet. <laughs> it's like a buffet. 
you might like a bunch of stuff on there, but my plate only has room for so much, right? I've already got Netflix. I've already got, you know, HBO Max. I've already got Amazon Prime. Like Paramount Plus might have some really cool stuff. I just can't do it. There's no more room on my plate. It's actually on Peacock as far as streaming services are concerned. Whatever. That's (laughs) another one. That's another one I can't can't do. I'm sorry. I don't have Apple TV. Like, come on now. Um, okay, while Stats gets you off of his lawn, we are going to get out of his way. Let's take a very quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Stats is just as ornery as he was before we left. Uh, he was even talking about Hulu a moment ago. I don't know why. Uh, Stats, you know, all these services, they're just out here to try to please you, like the SB Nation NFL show. And like many people, subscribe to these services. We ask you once again, subscribe to the SB Nation NFL show. We're better than HBO Max. I don't care if they have the Friends catalog and Entourage and all that stuff. We are the SB Nation NFL show. Stats is you know, stats could be on any HBO show if he wanted. If he really, if he really wanted to pursue that line of work, he could. But he chooses to spend his time with us here, and we thank you for that, stats. I really enjoy when you talk about me as if I'm not here and can't hear every word you're saying. I'm talking but- to the listener about you. You're obviously here. Like I have to acknowledge. Look, look, listener. This this dude just doesn't get it sometimes. Like sometimes you have to exit the one-on-one conversation and have a monologue that he's not a part of. I'm breaking the fourth <laughs> wall, like often happens in great television shows across time so now i'm back to you stats are you okay with this jeez i'm okay with it and we promise a better ending than game of thrones oh um that won't be uh, i was gonna say it'll be easy that won't be hard uh but anyway okay uh let's talk edge rushers let me be the only person in the history of the espionation nfl show to say that nick bosa is awesome and i don't care how much he played how little he played whatever um i heard you and blg talking about him recently um on some production i'm not gonna i don't know which one it was honestly i don't know what, what service it was on but i do think it's amazing that we've only ever really seen him as a rookie and that is just astounding to me now i don't know that i necessarily believe he will only 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 ever get better but still like there's so much potential there obviously there's a great family lineage of success and there's all the reason in the world to believe that he'll bounce back stronger than ever in 2021 in fact if there's a reason i believe in your 49ers as much as you do it's him uh more than trey lance or anybody else because he is such a force but so nick bosa i am your biggest fan on the explanation nfl show He had 80 pressures as a rookie. That's 10 more than any other rookie in the past 15 years. He's an absolute stud. He was an easy choice. Uh, The other choice for me, RJ, also pretty easy, Chandler Jones. The dude is a sack machine. 50 sacks the last four years, and that's with missing 11 games last year. More sacks than anybody else in the entire league since he was drafted. Patriots traded him away. I mean, they obviously won a bunch of Super Bowls, but he has been an absolute stud no matter where he has been. Chandler Jones and Nick Bosa on the edge. And sorry, opposing quarterbacks, you're in for a long day. Yeah, one of the few players who the Patriots gave up on uh, that 
didn't just implode away from the team. Has obviously been wildly successful with Arizona. And I think will be even more successful having JJ Watt along the defensive line. Not that JJ is still, you know, who he was in his prime, but um, you know, it'll be exciting to see Chandler Jones and what he offers the Cardinals in 2021. Uh defensive tackles, again, I'm gonna be the first person to say this. Aaron Donald, boom, easy, done. This is not difficult. Uh I think there, there's certainly an argument and many have made it before that he is the most dominant player in the NFL with regards, with respect rather to his position group. Nobody dominates his peers like Aaron Donald does. He puts up numbers like he's being single blocked and he's getting double and triple teamed every single play. The entire focus of the offensive line on every play that Aaron Donald plays is stopping him. And it does not matter. Three-time defensive player of the year award. Only three players in the history of the NFL can say that they've done that. JJ Watt, Lawrence Taylor and Aaron Donald. He's an absolute monster. He's a game plan wrecker. And this was the easiest decision of any decision that anybody is going to have. Uh, I think the easiest decision was probably George Kittle, just because like the other options were so bad. Um, so, and I'm also trying to hype you up because of the whole, you got upset about HBO Max thing, but Aaron Donald <laughs> was definitely an easy decision as well. Uh, for the other defensive tackle position, who cares? You, RJ. I'm picking you. Can you imagine being on an offensive line with Chandler Jones, Aaron Donald, and Nick Bosa? It doesn't matter who well, else. I can't imagine an offensive line with them, but they would probably be a great offensive lineman. But a defensive line with them would be really impressive. You couldn't just go along with, with what I no. said. You, you had no, to correct and, me. No, and I wanted to correct you so you couldn't edit it out because <laughs> I want people to know how – this stats, Space Jam 2 came out today. All right, this is a funky Friday. We got to just be honest with people and, and let it all hang out. Fine. Defensive <laughs> line. Nick Bosa, Chandler Jones, Aaron Donald. I did pick somebody. I picked Puna Ford. He's yeah. just like a straight-up defensive tackle, like everything you want. Just a dude to plug up the middle, stout against the run, and he's going to love life playing in between all those monsters on the defensive line. Yeah, I do agree. It is rare that you could just say, who cares? Uh, Puna Ford, a, you know, a long road to get here. But yeah, I mean, I'm fine with this. Um, if we move to the linebackers, I want to be the first to say again, I think that this player is, I think that there are a lot of people noting how underrated he is, which in a way makes you not underrated. But my point here is, not enough people are talking about how underrated he is, which means he is still underrated. He is still not properly appreciated. I know you didn't get a lot of love on offense stats for your 49ers and all that jazz, but Fred Warner doesn't get enough love nationally, and it's time that that changes. All pro Fred, baby. He's about to be the highest paid linebacker in the history of the NFL. I, I imagine that's coming any day now as the 49ers would like to get that wrapped up before training camp. The guy has a 90 PFF grade in coverage as a linebacker. Mm -hmm. Like the 49ers can stay in their base defense more than anybody else because he covers he covers Hollywood Brown in the slot. Like when the Ravens put put Hollywood Brown in the slot, they just move Fred Warner over. They're like, we're good. Like that is incredible. He's covering other teams' number one wide receivers. All pro Fred, easy selection. Yeah, he's a freak. He reminds me of um I don't know if you've seen this movie stats because you're weird and you haven't seen really good things. Or I don't know if I would say this is good, uh, but have you ever seen Superbad? Yes. Superbad's one of the greatest comedies of all time. Of course I've seen it. I wouldn't be shocked if you had said that you hadn't seen it. So just for full disclosure there. Uh, but and again, like this scene gets memed and made jokes of or had jokes about it like a thousand billion times since then. Uh, but when Seth Rogen is talking about he's a freak, he's the fastest kid alive. Like that's Fred <laughs> Warner. Like he is like it, he's a freak. Like there's it doesn't make sense how he is, you know, in, as insane as he ultimately is. And it's insane 
that he is, you know, the first the first linebacker that came to mind for me in this division was Fred Warner because of how freakish he is. And it's insane that he, you know, could come to mind before Bobby Wagner, who I hope is our second linebacker. Bobby Wagner, easy choice. I don't care that he's technically another middle linebacker. When you're as good as him, you could put him at any spot you want. I think he took it personal when the 49ers played the Seahawks and people were saying Fred Warner was better. He had a monster game that game. He's older. Yes, I know, but he's still great. So, um, yeah, I mean, since these dudes are great cover artists, it makes sense to get to the cover artists. I don't know, not like a cover artist, like person that like sings songs that other people sing, but like the secondary players. Uh, the only one I only two I really care about stats are Jalen Ramsey at corner and Jamal Adams. I know that, you know, he's not a true safety, blah, blah, whatever. But I'm, we have to have Jamal Adams here. Those are the only two I'm passionate about. Jalen Ramsey allowed 32 catches last year, RJ. Eight of those came in week one against the Cowboys. So 25% of all the catches he allowed in the entire season came in week one. He allowed less than 25 yards in 11 games last year. And that's, by the way, when he's locking down the other team's number one wide receiver, Jalen Ramsey, absolute stud. And uh, yeah, I hate his guts because he plays (laughs) for the Rams, but he's awesome. This actually might be an all Rams cornerback group because Darius Williams, it's hard to impress when you're in the same secondary as Jalen Ramsey. I do think he deserves a spot on this team, as does your boy, Jason Verrett. Yes, I can't believe you had <laughs> Jason Verrett on the team. I actually I, did have <laughs> I did have Darius Williams, 19.1% forced incompletion rate. That was tied with Jair Alexander, which shows you how good he is. That's top five at the position. And Jason Verrett, yeah, look, lockdown defender. He's had injury problems. He stayed on the field last year. Stephon Diggs did get him on Monday Night Football. He, he made him look silly a little bit, but that's Stephon Diggs. Like, he does that to a lot of people. Congratulations, Jason Verrett. You get a spot on the team. So we need one more safety because we acknowledge that Jamal Adams is here. I have an... I have a nominee, but if you want to give yours, I'll give you the floor for the final player. Uh, I don't even know that I would put Jamal Adams on the safety, frankly. Dude, like, he has to be on there. Why? He's not good at his primary job, which is covering people. I don't care how many sacks he gets. The Seahawks defense was still giving up a chunk of yards, so his sacks were not even impacting the the offense, really, because he would just give the yards right back. I put Buda Baker on. To me, he's yeah. the NFC Tyron Matthew. Just super versatile, can hurt you in a lot of different ways, can be in the slot, can blitz, can cover. You know, I feel bad because the two plays I feel like people remember for him are one, George Kittle just absolutely trucking him on his way Mm -hmm. to the end zone and the DK Metcalf play where he chases Buda Baker down. Uh, But he's really, really good and he causes a lot of problems for the offense. I agree. And I think that Buddha deserves, obviously, presence on the team. He was my other safety. I know you had to get your Jamal Adams quip in there, but I know that you also know that Jamal Adams needs to be on the team. I don't know. I, I wouldn't, if I were the Seahawks, I wouldn't pay Jamal Adams. To me, they never should have given up two first round picks for him. I do like that he does seem to be a culture builder in the locker room, but you need to cover well if you're a safety. That's your primary job. If you're a steakhouse, the best thing you serve should be steak. It shouldn't be. Cocktail sauce, like St. Elmo's, steak. And Jamal Um, Adams is a steakhouse with good cocktail sauce. The shrimp is also good at St. Elmo's, so don't, you know, completely belittle everything that they offer. But fine, Jamal Adams is on the team, and I'm going to end the show before you have any chance to really change that up. Uh, He is Rob Stats Guerrero. He's on Twitter at Stats on Fire. I am RJ Ochoa. I'm on Twitter at RJ Ochoa. Subscribe, follow, whatever it's called, to the SB Nation NFL (laughs) show. Leave a rating, write a review. If you don't, Stats will be upset, and he'll come and tell you to your face how much he doesn't like all the streaming services that you subscribe to. Accurate. 
Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, we will continue our you know divisional breakdowns on Monday, on Monday Football Monday, the best show on the Expedition NFL show with the NFC East. Shout out to the best division in football. That will be the last thing anybody says. We love you. This was a look ahead. Bye.